What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you. I hope that you are doing well. I am doing well as we get ready for the weekend. And it's March Madness. And again, I cannot believe I'm saying this again. I still haven't watched enough college basketball. I just haven't. I'm just not. And I feel like I know I keep bringing this up, but something's wrong, and I'll talk about that later. I'm so excited. We're talking baseball. Baseball is back. They reached an agreement, which I wasn't sure that they would do. The talk of everybody being so far apart, owners and players, somehow, somehow, they got together in a room. Somebody swallowed the key and they just went at it and worked out a deal. And I am really, really excited about that. And I can imagine you are too. There is also something that I'm gonna get to that really, really, really uh, is bothering me about Kevin Durant. Yesterday, they just wiped the floor with the 76ers. I thought it would be a better game, but I still, you know, in my daily pick, right? What'd I say? said I'm taking, or what I tweet rather, I said I'm taking the Nets as the visiting dog, if you will, and they did way more than that, way more than that. But the first thing I'm excited about is the fact that baseball's here. I, you know, it was really something that I just... Never expected for the lockout to end. Not that I'm going to say everybody had it wrong. More so than myself. I'm talking about the people that were, you know, I'm not calling any names out. Just thinking about the people that make a living following baseball. And in my mind, I just felt like as I was kind of following this, there wasn't a significant number of journalists that were saying, oh, it's imminent. You know, like in a couple days, this could happen. I just didn't see that that much. But that's okay. Major League Baseball and the Players Association reached a new CBA Thursday afternoon. It didn't reach 100 days. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it ended on 99. And enough of the union leaders, the, the, the rule, I guess it had to be 26 out of 38 union leaders, or it had to be a majority, were in favor of the five-year CBA, and I hope they're happy. Rob Manfred said, quote, one of the things that I'm supposed to do is promote a good relationship with our players. I've tried to do that. I think that I have not been successful in that. I think that it begins with small steps is why I picked the phone up after the ratification and called Tony, expressed my desire to work with him. It's going to be a priority of mine moving forward to try to make good on the commitment I made to him on the phone. Because let me tell you something. They do not have a good relationship, the owners and the Players Association. But let's hope things are better. Everybody's going to get more money. There is a 12-team postseason which I think is good. Universal designated hitter, that makes me exciting. A universal designated hitter, that makes me excited. Very much so. Um, 
You know why I talked about this? The uh, service time manipulation that the owners do? I mean, I guess that's okay. I guess that's okay. Uh, advertising on jerseys and decals on helmet. I'm cool. I'm cool with that because you know what decal on the helmet, you know, maybe that means there's, they're not just more money for the players and coaches, but maybe there's more money for staff to, to get paid better. I hope that when you think about the CBAs, that it doesn't just affect the players, that some of that trickles down to other people within the organization as well. The one thing that I really uh, wanted to see that makes a big deal of what makes up the problems with the game is the pace. And, you know, I'm, I, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more of that as an emphasis. And maybe it's still will be um, if the players and the league can work together more harmoniously, if you will, that, you know, maybe we can see uh, the game speed up a little bit. But of course, the things that I want to speed it up are like so out of the realm of a possibility. That's not going to happen. But I am excited, especially because when you think about the pandemic, you know, granted they've been playing the past two seasons, baseball has. I am excited at the thought, at the thought of being able to go to a game. Probably not until I see the numbers really going down. I'm thinking July, August, that I'll go to a Nats game. That's that's what I'm thinking. And so I hope to be able to do that very soon. Um, I mean, like, look at games and figure out what I want to go to. And to see the Orioles, too. That's the other one. And and that, and apparently, we're still going to play 162. They are going to find a way to play 162 games. And they'll work that out with some doubleheaders. It'll be fine. The other crazy thing is that Apple, as in Max, but it's Apple, and Major League Baseball announced that that uh, there will be a weekly doubleheader on Friday nights that will air in eight countries when the regular season starts. I am excited about it to an extent. I do have Apple TV. Um, there will be a weekday show. I wish I could be on that show. The MLB Big Inning. Uh, it's a show for fans to, you know, that are all into baseball and they're going to figure out some games to show. My thing is that are people really going to watch more? Okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. I'm not saying cord cutting, okay? I'm not saying cord cutting, but what I want to find out is I still like a game on a big TV. So, you know, yes, there is the ability to take your phone with you wherever you are and watch it or watch it on your computer, but I'd like to think that you still want to watch it on the big TV. That, you know, you see it on a small screen, it's just not that good. It just, to me, it just isn't. Like, the ball is small, 
you know, I guess obviously the content is still kind of the same, although I'd like to see some differences in the way the content is delivered. And what I wonder why we're not doing the same way, and maybe I guess it doesn't matter, you could put whatever you want to on your phone, is doing a second screen. Now, I have said a couple times on the show, I feel like I was the first person ever, ever, ever to bring up second screen. I was disappointed. My bosses didn't go for it because after all, I feel like I have some good ideas. I really, I feel like I really do. And I was two years ahead of the game and they still said no. And so I don't know if they're necessarily ahead of the game. But I will say that having the game game on the television, but then muting it maybe and listening to the radio or if there's a live stream of somebody else you'd rather see or hear from while you're watching a game, that's the thing. And that's the thing I could get into. And I really, really enjoy doing it when I was given the opportunity to uh, during the Steelers games. And I'm kind of disappointed I'm not anymore. Like, that was fun. And I think people really liked it. I mean, I know I did. And so then it's like, okay, can I? maybe I should just do that on my own. And maybe I will do that on my own with, you know, I don't know, maybe basketball, maybe the playoffs is when I can do it because I feel like I want to, like, make a big deal out of it when I decide to do it, sort of. But ColorCast was fun. And now it's no longer. And, you know, maybe I should just go back. Because I do enjoy it. I really do. And especially seeing that baseball is back. It could be... It could be a lot of fun. So I'll think about it. I'll think about it. In thinking about it, I also got to thinking about Major League Baseball. And now that it's back, what are the odds? Who are the favorites? And I was talking to my barber today. He's like, yo, you're everywhere. You know, I see you on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. And I see you making, you know, you do your daily pick. And he was like, how do you make your picks? What do you do? And I don't know if there's a secret formula, because after all, even he said it before me. He's like, I mean, I know it's just betting. It's just gambling. You know, it's not like you know for sure. And I'm like, you're right. I don't know for sure. But, but, you kind of know some things about what you can do. And one of the things you can do is you can do what's called hedging your bets. So as I look at Major League Baseball, they got the Dodgers at the favorites at 7-1. to one followed by the Yankees at 9 to 1, will tie with the Yankees and Astros at 9 to 1 and the Mets at 10 to 1. Now I'm so hurt by the Mets getting Max Scherzer. I just don't ugh, that's going to hurt seeing that. But then I talked to him about picking a long shot and trying to decide who that long shot could be. Now, realistically, I need some time to really think about it and go back and think about last year. You know, Vegas is Vegas. The odds are the odds. 
But a team that stuck out to me is the Padres. And I don't know if they're necessarily a long shot. That's not fair because they're 12 to 1 plus 1,200 compared to the Dodgers at plus 700. So actually, that's really not fair. That's not a long shot. A long shot would be, for me, a team like the Phillies at plus 3,500, 35 to 1. Or the Angels, who are also at 35 to 1. Can this be that season? Can the Cleveland Guardians, oh, it hurts to say that, who some thought would, you know, be in that dynasty talk over the last four or five years. They are at 80 to one. Are they that bad? They might be that bad this year. But I got to do my homework before I make my official picks. But that's, you know, some of the early odds. The Braves, World Series champs, 12 to one. Padres, who in the preseason last year, they're like, oh, this is the team. This is the team. They're going to do it. They're 12 to one. The Rays, who seem to somehow always get there with a very low, low, low payroll, are at 16 to 1. Red Sox, 22 to 1. Giants, 22 to 1. Brewers, 15 to 1. I got my homework cut out for me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So as I watched the basketball game yesterday, and, you know, oh, Kevin Durant with the tough shot. And they look good. I mean, to hear people say, oh, that's the team I'm scared of. That, you know, you don't want to see them in the playoffs and they're just getting good. And when they get Ben Simmons back, well, if you want to jump on the bandwagon, you can get them at five to one. Not a lot. It really isn't a lot. It really isn't. But what I really want to talk about here is the Suns are still favored at $3.80 to one, plus $3.80. And Golden State Warriors at plus $4.50. So Brooklyn Nets are right behind them. Sixers, oh, they may drop. They may drop after that loss. I don't know. Harden just didn't look himself. Something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. But what I see in Brooklyn, I'm sad because I think we could have had that in D.C. And for all of the talk about, oh, Durant is tough and, you know, he seems to be so surly right now and unstoppable. Well, his family stopped him, as far as I know. I wish I could have a conversation with him because... I'd like to really know, and you may never know, why he didn't choose D.C. It would have been a wonderful story about him coming back home, which, you know, we were all ready for. I even helped work on the pitch video for him. But to think that it could have been Durant and Wall and Beal, that just, I guess I just don't, think about on a regular basis how much that just bothers me so much. Especially when you hear the talk of, oh, he chased the championship in Golden State. And so that championship is somewhat tainted because they have won without him. When it was just Clay and Steph and Draymond, they won without him. I mean, he was a bonus. He was gravy on top of what was already there. 
but he could have really lifted up his hometown team. And so then I just, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, no, maybe he's soft. Because if you're going to say one of your reasons is because, oh, I don't want to deal with my family. Oh, because of tickets? Because you think they're going to ask for a handout? Now, granted, I don't know what it's like for a player and family. So it isn't so much about that because I don't 100% know what that's like. Although I know what family's like. I mean, even when I used to work for the Wizards, yeah, a lot of my family would ask for tickets and I would try to hook them up. I try to help them out. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Because you feel good. You feel good to help. To give your family and friends an experience that they may not ever get. I mean, I remember I had, what, seven or eight friends and family coming to a game. And Jose Andres was at the game. And I had gotten to know Jose Andres over a couple of times that we had, you know, uh, been in the same circles. I did a couple of shows with him. And so I was like, hey, can you meet some of my friends and family? And that's one of my favorite pictures was all of us. It was like eight of us and Jose Andres. And so to think that, oh, no, I can't come back home because now I can't deal with family mentally. I know we talk about mental health, but mentally, that also makes me sad. Like, wait, mentally, you can't handle having your family around? I don't know. I wish I could know some of the real reasons if it was something to do with the team the players. I just want to know it was more than, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with my family and asking me for tickets and wanting to help support me. I mean, come on, when you were a little kid, what did you dream of? I'm going to make it rich and I'm going to hook up all my friends and family and, and give my mom a new house and a new car. That was a part of the dream. And so then to reach that pinnacle, to reach that pinnacle, and then you just are like, nah, never mind, forget it. I don't want to be with family. Not saying he doesn't help family at all, but like to come back home was like an added dream that you have. And maybe someday he can still do that. Who knows? Maybe one of the one of my listeners, somebody one of you knows KD, and say, yo, listen to my man's plea. I just want KD to come home. I want him to make DC, the Washington Wizards, into a championship team. I want him to do what LeBron did for the Cleveland Cavaliers for the Wizards. As much as I wish I was still working there when he is potentially going to do this and hosting the pregame show and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Man, I'd love to do play-by-play too. But really, it's just about supporting my home. I love the Wizards, the Nats, the Washington football team. I love the Orioles. Now, the weird thing is I can't quite get on the Ravens bandwagon. Well, it's not fair to say bandwagon, but it's weird that I grew up with the Orioles, so that's why I still root for the Orioles. So I, I, I just never really felt like, okay, I could also root for the Ravens. But I do have a secret reason why I should be rooting for the Ravens. It's not really a secret reason, but I went to school in Baltimore. So I remember the Ravens. It should be something that, okay, maybe I can root for the Ravens. But bottom line, it's my home. You know, today I was walking around. I had my D.C. United jacket on. I was repping D.C. All day. D.C. all day. So I just want him to come home. That's what I want him to do. And I hope, I hope that he can do that someday. That would make me very happy. And the crazy thing is that's also one of the things that I liked about John Wall too. 
You know, I mean, he was born in D.C. I know he spent most of his life in North Carolina, but he still is from this area, born in, born here. Part of his life was raised here. So there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I loved having John Wall here. And then when there's talk of, oh my gosh, maybe he's going to come back. I don't like that either because I felt like, no, when Ted Leonsis was like, get out of here, and then started talking about, oh, the high character of Russell Westbrook. And you know what I'm saying? That was a slap in the face to John Wall. I know he may have done some things on a national interview and whatever, you know, he did in a couple social media posts. Okay, I'll give you that. But no one is perfect. Had he Has he done anything that's, remotely something where he could have gone to jail for or was morally corrupt? No, no. So I just feel like, no, I I don't like the thought of, oh, I'm just going to come back because you weren't wanted and it's unfair. I know you want to play, John. I know you've been waiting, itching to get on the court, especially as the playoffs are coming up. You're like, how come I can't get on the court? I get that, but just not in Washington. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Man, I'm really on a rant here. What I do want to see in the playoffs, I want to see Brooklyn Sixers. That's what I want to see. And I imagine you want to see it too. You have to want to see that. I mean, that's going to be... You want to talk about a series. As it stands right now, what would we have as we're looking at the playoff picture the pretend playoff picture if you will we would have philly cleveland brooklyn would be in the play-in game against toronto that's what i want to see the other series is there a matchup out there that i am Excited about otherwise? I don't know. That was a good game between Golden State and Denver. But in terms of drama, yeah, there's some other ones I'm sure I'm like, maybe I'm not remembering the same way. But no, the series everybody wants to see is Cleveland-Brooklyn. And that's what I want to see. And I hope it happens. The Warriors... What they did to to Denver last night was kind of sad. I want to say all the talk about how great Nikola Jokic is. I so know if he can ever get it done when I was watching that game, but it's a long shot. Plus three, three thousand thirty to one. The Grizzlies are twenty five to one to win it. I mean, when I watched that game last night, I feel like it's seven seventy sixers Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm sure the Heat and Bucks will want to say something about that. And Celtics, eh, maybe. Bulls, maybe. I don't really even want to see the Bucks. I mean, they just want it. I want to see Net Sixers with everything on the line, with the NBA championship on the line. Well, I guess the chance to get to the NBA championship on the line, excuse me. That's what I want to see. 
on the flip side, what series am I like? I don't know if there's a series I'm excited about. But if Chris Paul comes back and he's Chris Paul, I mean, I still think the Warriors are the best team in the NBA right now, top to bottom. When they get James Wiseman back, the way Kevon Looney played yesterday, and that's not even including, you know, the top guys. Poole was great down the stretch. We talk about, oh, I'm scared of the Nets. No, I'm scared of Warriors when Draymond Green comes back and Clay and Steph. Oh, they probably are eating up everybody saying they're dead. I mean, because they did have a tough stretch for 10 games. But they hit their stride right. You better watch out. Watch out. One thing I've been watching out for is what quarterbacks are going where. And when I was talking on the last show, I talked a little bit about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And now we got Russell Wilson to the Broncos, which I know he doesn't have any control over it. But I think he might have went to the hardest division in the NFL, in my mind. No, it's not the AFC North. I mean, if you talk about Smash Mouth football, yes. But in terms of who's under center and the talent on those teams, yeah, Chiefs, mm. Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr and the Raiders. In the young cat that I want to call A-Bear all the time, Justin Herbert. I know it's Herbert, but I want to say Hey Bear every time I see it. And then the Broncos, I don't know. I don't know if Russell Wilson can make that big of a difference. But again, another theme here, I would have loved to see him come home too. He's from Virginia. The DMV, as we like to call it. Could you imagine if Russell Wilson's under center? Oh, no. That's what I was imagining all offseason. And even last summer I was. But instead, we get Carson Wentz. The Washington football team trying to make a splash. Trying to make a splash get Carson Wentz. The last quarterback I was hoping they would get. Now, now. In all fairness, I really enjoy getting to know him during Hard Knocks. That's one of the things that I like about Hard Knocks regular season. But even in the, you know, when they just do the four shows of the uh, preseason. I got to, I got, you got to hear Carson Wentz and the other Indianapolis Colts as well. But you got to hear him. And, you know, it's kind of endearing. He endeared himself to me. I was like, okay. But there are multiple reasons why, outside of that, I am simply not, not happy about Carson Wentz being the Washington football team quarterback. When you look at his record as a quarterback, In my mind, he stinks. He simply stinks. The problem is for anybody to talk about how good, oh, but the Eagles won a Super Bowl. No, come on. I know y'all can't keep forgetting that that was Nick Foles. 
Foles gold, as I like to say, for any Eagles fan that, you know, is like, oh, yeah, Carson Wentz. No, that was Nick Foles that won that Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. In the regular season, which you got to do good in that before you can even think about the playoffs. And he was injured for two of the three years in the playoffs. And he lost the one playoff game with the Eagles in 2019. Let's go over the record of young, of Mr. Carson Wentz. 7-9 his first season. 11-2 the Super Bowl season. I'll give you that one. But he only played in 13 games. He got hurt. Nick Foles came in and won in the Super Bowl. But was he coming back? I don't know. Because the next season, he only played 11 games. Five and six. He got hurt again. 2019, he played 16 games. But the team was only two games over 500. Washington football team does that without Carson Wentz. The next season, he only played 12 games. His record was 3-8-1. and one. And then with Indianapolis, he went 9-8. and eight. That's right. They played 17 games. That was the first season last year they played 17 games, and he lost the one game he needed to win. And the reason why I say it was one game he needed to win was because they just needed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, and the Indianapolis Colts are going to the playoffs, and then it's an entirely new season. He can write a new chapter in his book, not for himself, I mean not just for himself, but also for the Colts, and what does he do? He blew it. He could not command his team. He could not lead them to a win. And you think he's going to do it leading the Washington Commanders? I know, that's the first time I ever said their name that way. But I wanted you to kind of, you know, understand that juxtaposition of commanding a team as a quarterback and Washington calling themselves the Commanders. You don't command anything. At least not the way Washington is playing. It was a dumb decision. To give up all that you gave up. For Carson Wentz. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I would have rather that we done it with the draft. Now I know just a pair of third round picks. And they swap second round picks. Washington goes from 42 to 47. Maybe you couldn't have, you know, found a way to level up, if you will. That's a possibility. Maybe you didn't like any of the quarterbacks out there, period. Washington has... The number 11 pick. And there is a chance that they're going to try to get a quarterback. Maybe it's Kenny Pickett. Maybe it's an offensive lineman. Now I feel like you can't get a quarterback. Because you signed Carson Wentz. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, let's improve the offensive line. Maybe we pick up a wide receiver. I don't know. But I don't like it. I just really don't like it. And I hope I get to eat my words. I really do. Especially because, like I said, I did get to like him. But I don't see it. I don't see a winner. 
That's my problem. Is I do not see a winner. And I know it's not cool to pick up a non-quarterback or offensive lineman or cornerback or whatever the heck they may do. I've seen a bunch of different options. But none of them, none of them excite me as much as I was hoping that Washington would draft a quarterback. That's what I was hoping for. And in my mind, look, they don't have any success drafting a quarterback or in the draft, or excuse me, or, or on a trade or free agency. We already had an eagle in Donovan McNabb already. And let me tell you something, at least for my brother who's an Eagles fan, that's also one last thing I didn't want to have to listen to. Was him yap about, oh yeah, so you had to get an eagle in order to win, if they're successful. And that's a big if. That's a big if. You know what else is a big if? Am I going to watch March Madness? Am I going to participate in a, a pool? I don't know. I may not. I mean, I love that we've had some upsets already. Auburn, a number one seed in the SEC tournament, done in the quarterfinals. Illinois, down by the Hoosiers in the Big Ten tournament. But realistically, I like even this past week, I've maybe, maybe watched 10 minutes of college basketball. And I don't even know why I'm telling you this. University of Michigan is going to have to make a decision in the first game back for Jawan Howard. The team loses. They may not be able to come back from this. They may not. The question is, can I come back from me like not being interested in college basketball? Is it because I I need my University of Pittsburgh Panthers to get back to being a good team? It shouldn't. Because, you know, even if your team isn't good, you know, like I said, like I got to do, I got to see Duke play. You know, we're in the arguably, if not the best, the second best conference overall. But maybe you could say the best conference in the history of college basketball. I know somebody's going to argue with me. It's the Big Ten or the SEC. I'll give you that. But I do need to get back to watching. And it's all up to me. I'll find something to watch tonight. My Coppin State Eagles, the first school I went to, and I said I went to school in Baltimore. They're in the MEAC semifinals against North Carolina Central. A uh, long shot. It's a long shot. But you never know. Maybe they could be on the upside. 
make a run. That would be fun to see. Another good game. Richmond versus VCU. That's going to be a good matchup. They're like right down the street from each other. Almost like Duke, North Carolina. Not that close. But I need to get back to watching more college basketball. I do. I just, I don't know. Just not as into it. I hope you've been into this show. Um, I talked about my love for KD. My love, hate for KD. Or really just not understanding KD. Why I don't want Wall to come back to the Wizards. And I hope that's a rumor that will not come true. But I'm happy baseball's back. I'm happy baseball's back. And I hope you are too. And that'll do it for Just for Sport. Enjoy your sports weekend. Players Championship is coming up. Do I have a winner here? I don't pay attention to golf. But if I'm going to give one random long shot, Colin Marikawa, plus 4,000. Maybe, dang, Roy McElroy's plus 6,000. Man, maybe he could make a run. Wasn't this the tournament last year that somehow... Uh, was won by a 50-year-old Phil Mickelson. Maybe it's going to be somebody you never expected to win. Patrick Cantley, plus 9,000. Book it. Okay, not really. Okay. I'm going to end the show right here. Enjoy your weekend. To the window! Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport. And prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today.